Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 161. I'm Johnny Hammond. And I'm Sadia Kabea. And we've got a bubble show for you today. Not only one, but two guests from WXV1. We have got the Blackburns co-captain, Keddy Simon, coming up on the pod after victory over Wales at the weekend, of course, taking on the Red Roses this weekend. And we've got Emma Wassell reflecting on Scotland's WXV2 victory, the champions of WXV2. We'll have all the news from around the world, plus looking ahead to a massive weekend of WXV1 as they wrap things up. Oh, but first of all, certainly most importantly, Sadiq Beer, how are you? I'm good. Did the yeah. alarm clock work? <laughs> the alarm clock was not set. <laughs> the alarm clock has not been set. But it's going to be set for Friday. I'm going to set it for Friday. Good. Saturday. How many? Saturday how morning. Many? Um, one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, why didn't you set on Friday as like a test run? Uh, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Understood. Um, and you were saying you're, you're alarm, so you're, you've been on catch up a week again. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, how have you been celebrating Halloween? Um, <laughs> going out for a little party with my with my housemate, with my my best mates. Uh, I feel like you can't, you know, Halloween, Halloween, you've got to go to at least one. I've done my one, and I'm done. I'm one and done. <laughs> but yeah, having a little boogie, you know, it's always nice. Is that in Loughborough? No, no, I went um, to London. I've been on a bit of a world tour at the moment, going around places. Did you come Um So I was in London Friday, and I went to see my friends in Bath to watch the final, which was great. Yeah, I went to go watch the, the Men's World Cup final in a Bath pub, which was lovely. Um, and then I was down in Guildford Monday to Wednesday seeing my mate um, Lucy Packer. Um, so yeah, now I'm back in Loughborough. How is Lucy? Is she well? She's very, very well. Very well. That's She's just going down with her rehab. Like yeah, we were rehab partners, so that was nice. <laughs> oh, what a whistle-stop tour you, you've had. Um, let, let's get straight into it then. WXV1 accommodation this weekend. Uh, but the Blackburns obviously started the tournament with a loss to France. Um, so they were pretty revved up for the game against Wales at the weekend. We'll look back and ahead. With their co-captain, Kennedy Simon, who's uh, now on the pod. It is a huge pleasure on the uh, WRP to be uh, joined by the Black Friends co-captain, Kennedy Simon. Kennedy, here, good morning to you. Good morning, uh, but good evening as well. <laughs> How are you? How's WXV treating you so far? Oh, we're loving it. It's, um, you know, amazing to have this competition at home, amazing to um, meet up with the Northern Hemisphere again and um, put on some great rugby for, um, you know, my country. Being picked up um, uh, through the country, because obviously it changed venues a couple of times. It's a good pick up wherever you go. Yeah, well, we're loving it. Um, the crowds probably could be better and... Um, <laughs> You know, every week we're saying that on our um, on our feeds, but uh, around the town is a buzz. Definitely, um, the everyone's talking about how you know they see the English walking around and and the French and they're so yeah. they're big athletes and yeah, it's really exciting. You played the Welsh at the weekend. Uh, I know that tree. 
Now, I understand there's some, some, some nice banter between you. Obviously, you, you know those girls pretty well. I uh, played them a couple of times in the World Cup. Now, I understand uh, there's a bit of tickets transferring across and because uh, obviously their families, it's a long way to come across to it. And, and a thank you you uh, you gave them to uh, Pop 70 points. ground thumping. <laughs> thank you for the Welsh girls. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. But we stayed at the same hotel. So, you know, it was funny because the week prior to us playing each other, we were walking past each other, our team rooms were right next to each other. It was a good little banter. Um, and yeah, they dropped off some tickets. I think it was like 40 plus tickets. And um, yeah, it was, it was cool because Ruby, I think, was the one there. And, you know, it's just a buzz. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, take us into that game then. Look, we, we jest about it, but that that is a yeah, that, that's a heavier scoreline in the World Cup. Um, you must be very pleased pleased with that performance and um, playing playing to a game plan which is fairly obvious. Yeah, I think we you know took the hurt from the week prior um, and had to just reform ourselves. Had to look in the mirror. Um, and look, just play a selfless game. Um, whatever England, oh, the, way, the Welsh were going to throw at us, we needed to be prepared. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it just came down to physicality and um, selflessness, I think. The Red Roses have sort of invited what, what they've been called, called themselves the Vintage Roses in, into the camp and, and just getting that, understand that connection with with the ladies who, you know, who trod the, the steps before. Uh, are you consciously doing that? as well as you know, meeting young fans and all the rest of it, making bracelets for them, whatever, on the, on the side lines. Are you, are you conscious about looking back? Always what it's about for us. It's always about the woman who paved the pathway for us um, and hear their story, you know, because we've evolved so much. Um, you know, we're full, fully professional now. Um, and for them to come in and share a bit of their story um, and sort of the, the struggles, the jubilation, everything that um, the journey's, you know, done for them and and now where we get to stand um it's beautiful do you think that adds an extra layer of like meaning especially for the younger players coming into the squad um who might not have seen the journey and stuff coming in because i feel like for me specifically when you know we have the vintage roses coming to camp um obviously i, I wasn't there on the journey that um it, the roses came to to get to where they are now so do you think it it adds a positive effect for those young girls who have just come into the squad and are like getting a feel for what it is to be a black fan 100%, yes, that's perfectly said. Um, for the Black Ferns now, you know, our debutantes, um, this is this is what they see, you know, we get to go into a room and, and choose whatever boots we want, um, you know, we get to just put on the black jersey and have no worries. Um, and then we hear stories about women who um, were paid $20 a day, um, they had to wear the men's jerseys, um, you know, little things like that, had to pay for their own food, um, get to and from training them, themselves. So it's really nice to um, be able to understand the sacrifices that it took so that we could put our jersey on and just be free to play. Being current world champions, I put it back to, to, to the rugby. You set up, although I understand some, some old faces came, came to visit this week. Uh, I understand Smithy was... Uh, was up watching a, a session. Uh, no doubt, good, good to see him, uh, him back. And yeah, what, yeah, at all the the fact that he's come down and kind of not not involved in official capacity doesn't it say at all. Um, 
how's how's the new squad? How conscious are you of picking up the, the WXV title as well? Yeah, well, um, it's a young team. Uh, we've been together six weeks. We had a we had a one week break in between, but um, look, we're just really excited to play against the Red Roses. Um, you know, it, it goes without saying they're an amazing side. Uh, they're, they're athletes, um, and they're you know our rivals. <laughs> um, as much as we want to get out there and um, you know just play some really dominant rugby, uh, we also give them the respect that they deserve. Uh, they're yeah, they're um, incredibly you know professional outfit and. I believe that this team has done a lot over the last six weeks to connect off the field, connect on the field, and then hopefully we can put together some really fast, um, exhilarating rugby. You just touched on earlier about you come off the, the back of that, that French loss um, and then uh, that fueled that performance uh, uh, against Wales. So just how important is that 10, 15 minutes when that first whistle going to be against the Red Roses? Because if you're hurting for the French result, I suspect that hurt for the Red Roses come from, from the World Cup final is going to be uh, sort of twice older. Yep, we we definitely um, expect some vengeance. Uh, we've carried the French loss, um, you know, and taken that in our stride. So I think for us, though, we have to forget about what's what's been. Um, the English are a different side. This is going to be... Um, you know, quality test footy, and we've got to be prepared for whatever the Red Roses throw at us. Um, Good, so you've been doing a lot of practice on the defending driving lineouts this week. Then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they Love can't. They game. can't. She can't tell us that. <laughs> I'll, bring it, I'll bring it back to the squad. <laughs> <laughs> no, great stuff, Kenny. We'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Over the weekend, let rugby be the winner. Yes, thank you, Johnny. Thank you for having me. I'm Fiona Coughlin. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, let's look back at the details of, of that game, Sadia. 70 points to 7-2 New Zealand. Uh, know each other very well, but that's a, that's a heavier scoreline than in the, the two World Cup games. What did you make of it? Um... I mean, I thought it was a great game of rugby from, obviously, the Blackburn side. Um, a lot of flair, a lot of talent on display. I think um, they, obviously, had a lot of um, disappointment from their, their loss um, against France. And I think they wanted to take that into the game against Wales. And um, it was definitely one of those games of, um, you know, not not taking the foot off the gas, even if, you know, there's 50 points up. Um, but I thought... Yeah, from a, from a uh, black fans' point of view, it was great um, to see all the link in, the link up plays, see their forwards and their their tough carries. But I also, yeah, I just a lot of their tries came from out wide, and I think the the pace they have in the wing and the distributors they have in the middle are, you know, they're they're linking up really well at the moment. Almost a mirror image of, of <clears throat> the 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 All Blacks start really fast, go down the blocks, and they have seventeen nil up first 20 minutes or, or, or so and then that yellow card uh to now Matt Cuff, I think it was the, the the Wales fullback and then two of those yeah it's yeah it really doesn't help <laughs> but they identify it really quickly don't they 
because that changes your pendulum at the back three. Um, and lo and behold, Ruby Tui starts scoring some tries. Um, and I should have asked uh, Kennedy, shouldn't I, that Merangi Paul, um, I believe I've pronounced that correctly, um, got a hat trick uh, as well. So I identify that space, but out wide, they're, they're very impressive. I very, very crisp, very sharp. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they're, like I said, their edge players are rapid. Um, they're very strong as well, and they have great footwork. And I think they, they also, Ruby Tui and is obviously very experienced in um, the sevens game, but I think she uses that um, vision she has as well on those edges. She can, even for a little bit of space, she always manages to, um, you know, get down that, that wing and score. So, yeah, they've got a lot a lot of um, talent on their, on their edges. And for, for, for Wales, how, how disappointed will they be with that? Because we spoke to, to Kelsey Jones last week and they, yeah, they were fired up. Obviously, there's, um, they talk about a mystique, don't they, of, sort of playing New Zealand. Wales don't have that aim the fact they they meet them quite often. Um, but also, they're not going to have the same hotel tickets. Almost. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the most... Um... Normal, normal situations when you're about to play a team, seeing them um, every, every, probably every day when you're on your on your way to training, reminded of your position. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, any any loss is gutting um, when you play, and to get a big loss like that, um, I can only imagine it's very, it can be very um, diminishing. I think diminishing um, for any team. Um, and you know, hats off to Wales. I think. They're a team who thrive on passion and, um, you know, their team bonding. And and anytime we play Wales, you know, always to the death, no matter what score they have on them, they are always going to give it their all. Um, and obviously, at the end of the day, they did get 70 odd points put on them. But I think, um, yeah, they did. You can you can always see see that fight. But there, there must be a lot of things to go back to the to the drawing board with um, with them. But, yeah, I think they'll be very, very disappointed with that loss. Yeah, they will be, but but I guess you know, this is kind of the aim of, of WXV, isn't it? And to 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 see where we're at. That was another, you know, to see how big the gap is. Um, well, it's sixty three points. Um, it's simple as that. So yeah, some 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 work to to do for Wales. England were victorious as well. Uh, picked up their second victory. Uh, you obviously know the result by then because uh, you're watching on catch up. Uh, <laughs> You didn't have the joy of live sport like the rest of us. No, no, no joy of life. Forty-five, <laughs> twelve uh, down in Dunedin. Uh, third meeting in the, in the space of six weeks. That can't. I can't be easy, can it? <laughs> no, I mean it definitely can't. It can't be easy um, at all. I mean, for both sides playing playing the same team within six weeks, you you, I guess have to you you have you have all this time to analyze the team you're coming up against but then you also have to find a way to change your style of play and not not have um, the other team expecting what you're going to do um so in that sense i mean it must be very very difficult from both camps because not only are you trying to kind of be two steps ahead of the other team you're just trying to get yourself three steps ahead um in your own in your own camp um but yeah i mean three for three wins for england um they can only be really happy with that and um Three, three good scores um, as well. Obviously, this weekend, forty-five, twelve. Um, obviously, it started off kind of slow. Um, like the first half was very, very tight. I think it was, what was it, seven, seven all at half time? No, no, no. It was, um, 
It was about seven five after about thirty six minutes. Um, <clears> and <throat> then you pushed out to twenty one twelve just just after before half time. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't as if um it was a walkover for England. Canada they I mean they've been playing really well and they've been putting a lot a lot in on England's doorstep and in their faces for them to deal with. Um but I think yeah in that last 30, 25 minutes of the game and can just put on put on the gas and you know really came away with with the scores. Yeah, but if you're playing Canada three times in six weeks, you're like, I suspect someone in your position would be like, oh, geez, not Sophie de Goody again. <laughs> uh, please stop, please stop running at me. She yeah. keeps coming and coming, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, England hit that power button, didn't they? Uh, player of the match, knock Atkin Davis. Yeah, four four, four tries. Uh, Elikil done with uh, with three, just breached a little angle. Uh, scoring as well, McDonald. Kind of the pace, Farris. We know all about her pace, don't we? Uh, and Emily Totosi with a, a muscular effort from from her. Who particularly impressed you in that Red Roses performance that makes them have to start next uh, at the weekend against the Blackburns? <sighs> Good question. Because there's some, there's some selection headaches, isn't there? Yeah, I think Rosie Rosie Gallagher came off the bench well. Um, she's very good in line out um, attack and deep. I think she also puts herself in in good places um, in open play and always. I think she always plays like she has something to prove, which is quite admirable in a player. So I think she she was very good off the bench. Um, who else would I say? stood out i think just the usual i think lark you know she is so reliable and she i feel like she never really has a bad game to be honest um and i think she's just you know every game she plays solidifies why she is in that starting shirt um so i'd give give lark a special mention um there too and i personally hope that i see more a bit more of um meg jones um, to be honest, but that's just that's my my personal opinion. Um, I just like the way she plays. I think she brings a bit something new to the to England style of play and puts people who you might not necessarily see um, into good spaces um, and gives them a bit of a bit of light. So, yeah, I think I go with those three: Lark, Meg, and Rosie. Great. Uh... Selection headaches for for the Red Roses management team, but the the biggest weekend, uh, biggest result of the weekend, I should say, uh, certainly WXV one, if not uh, across WXV one, was Australia beating France twenty nine points to twenty. Massive, massive result. Yeah, for the massive, massive result. I mean, I, I didn't set my alarm. I didn't. I didn't set my alarm. But when I woke up and I saw it, I was yeah. Um pleasantly pleasantly surprised um obviously they haven't beaten they haven't beaten france since when was that now the 2010 world cup bronze medal match um so for them it's an absolutely huge win but i think they put out a really really good good performance um they must have gone back you know gone back to camp and and we spoke about it trained the way that they wanted to play um in the in the game so yeah, I mean, a huge, huge win for them. Obviously, a tough loss for France, um, especially coming off the back of a of a win against New Zealand. But, um, yeah, I mean, huge props to Australia. 
Yeah, let's let's, let's go on the positives of, of of that Australia Australia victory. I, I just got a sense that, that that it was coming. You look through that team shot on paper. There's some really really good players there. Uh, I think Karis Dallinger at, at ten has, has made a difference, uh, and obviously she's been given the given the keys and said, "Get yourself and, uh, and crack on." Ikapani is, is scoring tries for fun. Uh, it's a really very very strong second second half for them. Do, do you feel it, it, it was coming with the, with the performances that they've been having? You know, yes, there there's some 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 blowout on paper results uh, against the Black Ferns over the last 12, 18, 24 months. But actually, Levelers' performance have been growing, growing, growing. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think there's always points when Australia are playing that you see moments of, um, you know, really good flair, um, big breaks, and it's just they haven't been able to put the the last two two steps together or able to go over the whitewash, but they always have been showing moments of um, a lot of a lot of greatness in terms of their rugby their rugby ability and yeah I think it was just a matter of time until it all began to uh, to click and I think yeah against that um the front side they um yeah were able to put those last two or three steps together um I think they showed a lot more patience which I think is the main thing um for them because they have a lot of they have a lot of um you know ability to get into um the, the the opposition's half and to make big breaks and to make huge carries and to make good decisions um but it's just once they get in there, I think sometimes they, they um, you know, fumble or want to get over the the try line a bit too quickly. So I think yeah, they showed great patience in that game, and that's what um got them got them the win. Uh, is is it a bit too obvious to say that was kind of France would beat the Black Ferns not quite at the same level? Don't get me wrong, you you can't always be at the same level though. Uh, you know, some teams go on these runs, don't they? Like like you guys have uh, done in the past, uh, and you get to those levels, or pretty much. But is it is it too obvious to say? Well, the French just went at the same level they were the, the week before. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because I do feel like, may I don't know, maybe they went into this um, Australia game not given Australia the credit that they were they were due. Um, and maybe the going coming off the back of the win against New Zealand, um, they were too comfortable. I don't know it's who who's to say, but I do always think that the opposition you play, um, sometimes um, even for the best teams affects affects how you play. Um, if you're playing opposition of, of of who you regard of super high regard, you tend to play better. Um, so yeah, I don't think they were the same to the same standards, and I think that like you said, might be a bit too obvious to say. I think if they were at the standard they were when they played. Uh, New Zealand, it would have been a maybe a different a different outcome, a different score. Um, but yeah, yeah, I sort of sort of disprove my, my, my own sort of question. Although um, a lot of the time we're just playing devil's advocate, of course, um, <laughs> because they, they they did come back strongly. Uh, Vernier picked one up, didn't she? Uh, got a, got a five point. Uh, Ruffinol, uh another one, but uh, it was too too little, too late. It was that sort of third quarter that uh, Australia uh, really did. Uh, did hammer it home, and yeah, fair play to them because uh, it's not not easy losing. Um, and yeah, big big result uh, as you said last time they did it was uh, two thousand and ten mm-hmm. World Cup bronze medal match. That was my first World Cup, and I've done forty seven since then. So that is a long long time ago. Wow wow wow! <laughs> Let's move into WXV two. Go Scotland. WXV champions absolutely 
delighted for them uh, as, as a bunch. They seem incredibly, incredibly tight and a, and a really good bunch of girls. And bumps in the roads that they have had. Um, they're the champions. Stop ramming, Johnny. Let's hear from Emma Wassell. Very, very good evening to Emma Wassell, WXV2 champions. Sound good? That sounds all right, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been called a champion before. I'll speak. <laughs> well, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, we'll start with um, some, some real positive. Yeah, you guys are a bumpy old road. And to, to play out again on that, when, when you are crown champions, um, that's, that's, a, that's a really, really nice feeling, I, I'm sure. What, what were the celebrations like? That's the most important question. <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long were the celebrations? So we obviously played on a Friday. And I think like it was a weird one because we were buzzing that we won, but we obviously didn't know we'd won the tournament until Italy played USA. So we played the Friday and we didn't fly home until the Monday. So we had a Saturday, Sunday of celebrating, shall we say. Um, And yeah, so we obviously had to go along to the game uh, to watch Italy and USA. And that was, yeah, not a very enjoyable watch, I won't lie. Not because of the rugby, just, just, I, I don't really like putting my fate in someone else's hands. But yeah, it was very, a bit, closer than I would have liked at the end but it was just so nice like after that obviously to to be able to really celebrate um yeah so we were all in the stands and then went down but yeah it was maybe just a bit weird that it wasn't straight after the game but still I'm not complaining and then celebrations <laughs> carried on from there <laughs> nice how, how did you how did you find Cape, Cape Town did you enjoy Cape Town I loved it like absolutely loved it probably one of the best tours I've I've ever been on with Scotland um obviously going to New Zealand was incredible um but I don't know what it was really enjoyed it I think there was a bit of a buzz around South Africa obviously with the World Cup and South Africa still being in then in the final ultimately um yeah we like there's obviously there is many kind of troubles in that country but there's just so many nice parts as well like the a lot of the people we met were incredible we did a like a community initiative thing with um like hundreds of children and it was just really 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 special and um, the weather was lovely the whole time <laughs> not complain sorry god <laughs> rubbing it rubbing it in <laughs> it was just in yeah like we had a good balance of of training to kind of off off field stuff um and then like like when you're winning everything just feels so much better so it was honestly an incredible incredible trip well i i, I want to talk to a question and it's a a lady you know incredibly well, and I, I, yeah, a lot of people have a huge amount of respect for her. The, the smile on Rachel Malcolm, your your skipper's face, um, just uh, warmed my heart because yeah, she's had to she's had to wear a few smiles over, over the years, but genuinely. And what does she say when you came off that? That that final whistle, but I suppose you're saying it's difficult because you didn't know you'd, you'd won it until, but you'd still won all three games. What was the what were the words she used when um, when you finally 
Before I hear the final whistle, that 38-7 win over Japan. To be fair, there was every week we kind of, we maybe had slightly different messages going into every game because they were very different games. But in that last game, it was it was just be brave. Uh, that's kind of what we all spoke about um, as a squad. Um, and I think that's something we did do. And I think a big kind of difference I would have noticed from maybe previous Scotland teams is we went in at half time, and it was it was seven all. Um, it was pretty close, and that could have gone either way. Um, sometimes, kind of, if you get your head down, but there was just so much belief within that changing room. There was no panic. Everyone was still so fired up and ready, like to really make sure that we finished this game out. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, brave was was the main theme of the of the last week and uh, I think that second half maybe showed it and and we managed to get a pretty decent win yeah I mean the cliche city Scotland the brave I mean <laughs> I know, absolutely... <laughs> that was what I was trying to say <laughs> I, I get it no, look, I, I, and also um impressive tries as well you know um Lana's been picking up a, a few, your, your hooker from driving walls and whatever, but uh, Emma Wall picked up a, a couple as well. That, that combination across the midfield seems to be just all the edges seem to be just smoothing off and, and, and rounding off. Those combinations seem to be uh, growing nicely amongst the squad. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of things are just clicking. Um, we've got a good balance of experience and kind of youth in the squad. Um, and I like. I, I think I, I don't know if I said before, but just the off-field time we've spent getting known, getting to know each other, and all that other stuff, it, it does really make a big difference. I mean, like Nelly's kind of game management. Sorry, Helen Nelson. Game management is just night and day, and like she's just so good back there. And then you've got Emma Orr, who is a, like world class. And and I I I genuinely look at her, and she is no idea how talented she is she's the most humble incredible human and yeah, she's, she's 20 years old and she will be an emily scarrett like I, I i stand by that she is genuinely incredible um also a farmer um so she um, <laughs> no and like yes yeah, just effortless in terms of everything she does um so you know we we've definitely we've got a few superstars in there but the biggest superstar, no doubt, would have been, um, I suspect by the end of the weekend, she was robbing it in from sort of 70, 75 metres. Is uh, Sarah Bonner. Um, how much treacle did she hit in the last metre or two? Oh, my <laughs> word. So, like, obviously, the first two games, I, like you'll have seen, Sarah Bonner has actually got a bit of an injury with her back. Yeah, back spasm, it, yeah. It was touch and go with her her playing that last game, and like we as teammates, like witnessed her in so much pain, um, the first two weeks. And it was like it was all oh, like, and she has had a phenomenal preseason. Um, obviously against the game against um Spain that we played for going out, she's just like her work rate and her skills, everything about it is incredible. She's also just a really great person to have around camp. Um, so her being getting named on the bench and, and being able to actually get on the pitch was just like we were just delighted for her. So when that happened, I was on her inside, 
and I like they obviously tried to chip over she jumps up gets it and I remember thinking like what are you gonna do and she just starts legging it <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> panic like we're obviously 60 minutes in and I'm gubbed like I'm not like I would not have been able to well yeah I was nowhere neither but I was the closest one and she <laughs> strides out in true giraffe fashion yeah <laughs> I was I was honestly almost like still like welling up before she'd even got to the try line because I was just like as if she's doing this uh no I was delighted for her and it was a uh, yeah not a bad try <laughs> and what, what what's changed because you couldn't buy a win. I, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, experience now in terms of what we've been through, and I think, like, there was a period of time where we went through, well, World Cup, we, we lost by one or two points in the Wales game, and then same again in the um, Australia game. I think, actually, when we went, we went 12 losses in a row, and half of them were by less than seven points. So it wasn't like we were so far behind, but we just weren't clicking in some elements, whether that was in attack or defence, um, to to really produce a win. And I think actually now, like that is, is probably different. I do think game management is a huge part of it. I think defensively, like against USA probably defensively the best we played and and I think sometimes it's easy to look at our attack and maybe like our goal zone or whatever but yeah I just as I said before the mix between experience the youth and and the time we've all spent together it's the most time we've spent as a squad trained together obviously with contracts coming in place um it's just made a huge difference on the pitch so it, it's just really nice to feel like rewarded for it. I think it, I think it really shows the true spirit of Scotland. I think so many teams can go down this this rabbit hole where you know you get loss after loss after loss, and it's quite easy to stay at that point. And like you said, like half of your losses weren't by huge margins. Yes. Um, but I think it just shows that the the spirit that the Scottish girls have in the team you you guys do have, and to see how you have. Um, you know, come on that journey and not just back down. Um, it's been really good to watch, obviously, from a from a player's perspective as well, but also from a teammate's perspective. Um, it's just so nice to see because obviously you guys have really put that put that effort and that great in and to see you finally get your your flowers um, <laughs> from an England girl, <laughs> but also from a, a Labra girl. Yeah, it's I'm great. It. <laughs> stop now, stop now. Honestly, <laughs> I need I more. need. I need them to bring back the good energy when they get back. So I'm just, you know, I'm just having them off a bit. <laughs> Brilliant, Emma. It's uh, it's late in the evening. Um, conscious, we're uh, taking up uh, lots of your lots of your time. Just just one final question. Um, I, I think we, we 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 would all agree that there, there's some some edges to to smooth off to use that analogy uh, again with with WX uh, V one two and, and three. But but it's a starting point, and um, but 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 on the ground there, how, how have you found it? What have been the most pleasing aspects for, for you and, uh, and the squad? In respect to the tournament, I think like WXV two is is was I would say very well um, balanced in terms of the teams there, the competitive 
element in every single match and and that was not just ours the other games other games that weren't played and that's what made it such an exciting tournament to be part of I think it was it's super special playing in different countries it was very special playing the host nation as well um I think obviously the the crowds is something that the fan base in different countries is is something that I can I can understand why there's a challenge there because ultimately sometimes it's hard getting fans of of your own country never mind like others so that's obviously an element that I think in in years will will hopefully improve greatly um but it like it having that opportunity to play nations such as South Africa, Japan, USA, that we would never have the opportunity unless we were at a World Cup. Um, it's just really exciting. And then I think if, if all nations are doing this, just kind of growth that can come off the back of that is huge. And hopefully, obviously, come World Cup 25, um, yeah, games are going to be much more competitive. Sign her up as an ambassador. <laughs> There's the answer. There's the sales pitch for Dolly XV2. No, you, you, you speak incredibly wisely. And I'm um, yeah, d- delighted. And well, what a place to go and do it. Cape Town. Right? Uh, absolutely fantastic. Emma, thank you. Huge, huge congratulations to you. Uh, and also got absolutely delightful to see you with, uh, with great beaming smiles. Um, and yeah, and scoring some, some really nice stuff. So, um, we will see you soon, Six Nations time. In the, in the meantime, thanks once again. No, no, no. I'll I'll see her in about a week. See you in a week, Emma. See you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Helena Rowland, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's get into those details. Thirty-eight seven it was. Um, that was the tidy because they didn't know until Italy played there the, the following day. Um, that's six in a row now for Scotland. Uh, and, and Emma was talking there, wasn't it? It's on like 12, 12 on the bounce, losing by a point, but, but you're still losing. It's still a yeah, it's still an L in the in, in the results column. Um, what for you uh, as an outsider? And, and obviously, you get a little sort of spike into in, inside the camp with the with the, with the club teammates at, at Loughborough there. What's changed? I think a lot has gotten better around their their game management and ball retention. I think. I mean, that's that's from a a technical point of view. But I think Scotland are always a team who, um, you know, come together. They're very very much a passionate side. They're driven on emotions, and I think they've pushed through this uh, period of time. Like I said, with whereas of these twelve, obviously losses and a bounce, and suddenly things are starting to click, things are coming together more. And I think it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite clear to, clear to see when they play, they seem a lot more calm, a lot more collected. And they know what they know what to do at certain times. They know what to do when they get a penalty. They know what to do. Um, they got, they got obviously, their driving line out is one of their, becoming one of their strengths. Obviously, Lana failed and picking up a few tries there. But, yeah, I think a lot of it has come down to, yeah, their game management. And I don't know if that's a, a change in in coaching, training, changing training, um, or just patience, really, and, you know, reaping the rewards to their to their efforts. But, yeah, it's great to see. I'm just going to throw something in there. Um, Martin Hogg has joined the, the, the coaching staff there. Matt Banahan's there as well. And we're seeing a lot of this, aren't we? Men really keen to get involved in the women's game. But Martin Hogg in particular, 
but he won't mind me saying tremendous fan. Being around the block, seeing a lot of rugby in a lot of places from a lot of competitions, and you're talking about that game management stuff. Um, and Brian Eason, a good coach, he just hasn't had those kind of coaching experiences. And um, if someone coming in like that, it's a really, really wise move just to say, well, perhaps we just think about it this way. Or, you know, I, I saw that. And yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. The game management has, uh, has improved hugely. So, uh, well done to, to to all of them. Japan, yeah, have been all, been all right. They certainly started very very strongly. Um, Scotland were, were, were trailing till was it just after half half time and then just after half time, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Lana Skeldon then, then puts one over. Um, again, great opportunity for Japan and for them. I guess is about competing for that 50, 60, 70 event. That's what WWE is doing. Yeah, it was seven seven. Yeah, half time. So I know what half time when they came in. So for Japan, that's a huge, huge win. Um, you know, against a side like Scotland, um, being able to keep them keep them down for so for so long. And yeah, like you said, um, it's great for them being in this in this tournament, obviously, and being WXV two and to put their their kind of their name on the on the block kind of thing because we haven't had the chance to see you know the 15s women's team play play so much and they haven't had the chance to play against um, opposition like this this too. So yeah, I mean it's great. It's great to see, and then I'm sure Japan will come away with a lot of positives. Although Scotland did obviously come away with the game in the second half. I mean, a lot of teams always, you know, struggle to put two, two, two great 40 minute sides, um, 40 minute halves together. Um, so I think yeah, for, for them it's just just building and taking this um, obviously first tournament as a um, as a learning curve. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, outstanding try from. Sarah Bonner, um, robbing you from from four to meters. We heard all about that uh, from from Emma, but um, of course, yeah, they, they they had to wait uh, another day until until that the the Italy result. Yes, yeah. So Italy coming over the win against USA, uh, thirty to eight. Um, obviously, Italy proving a bit too strong for for USA but yeah the Scotland girls are watching from the stands um very nervously to find out if they became the champions of WXV which eventually they they did they did um i mean yeah a lot of a lot of strong tries from Giordano Stefan Dianca and obviously Beatrice Rigoni being another standout um, player again. I don't know if everyone at home saw <laughs> saw that try from her. I mean I was uh, jealous. I was thinking I wish that was me bumping up two people, getting her offloading, putting her teammate away. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean it's not a shock because she's been on form recently. Yeah, please, if you haven't seen that, um who the try was for now? Um, I think it's right, it? But yeah, she she bumps off a couple of people um, and then pops the arm around the back and, and flips it. Just when you prepare for Italy, do you like have a Rigoni watch? Like, who, who, who's marking Beatrice? Who's on Beatrice watch? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can say, but we definitely always. Um, she's yeah, always sorry, comes up in um, yeah. in conversation, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we always look out for the, the the other team's top players, and you know, she's definitely one of Italy's at the moment. So, and fair play to South Africa as well, who picked up uh, their win. <coughs> Excuse me, securing their status in this tournament for, for next year. I'm just just generally pleased for 
for South Africa because uh, you know these unions had to you know, put their hands up and, and say we want those tournaments. But I, I can imagine the, the meeting with Lynn Catwell, who's a sort of grand from for, for for South African women's rugby. Just me, 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 pick me. <laughs> uh, just just so keen to just throw all the experiences she can at uh, uh, her players and uh, a manager and coaches and what have you. And yeah, third three seven. That's a that's a handsome victory for them. Uh, they will be absolutely delighted. And they're only going to get better as well. A few players coming over to England to, to play, gaining some experience there. Uh, you know, Bulls Daisies are now fully, fully professional. Uh, one of the provinces down there, one of the clubs. Um, so yeah, they're only going to get better, especially with um, the amount of exposure and rugby that, that, that they're getting uh, left, right and centre, whether that be 15s or 7s. You mentioned, obviously, a few of the girls coming over to play in the PWR. And I think South Africa are a team who... Um, physically, they are a team to reckon with. Um, physically, uh, in terms of, you know, and also their passion, their strength on the pitch. I think a lot of it is just now um, that rugby knowledge, and and you only gain that really through through training and playing and um, coaching staff around you. But having those players coming over and playing in obviously this league over here, they'll gain more experience, more knowledge to bring back to their their side. Um, when they go back to play international matches. But I think South Africa, they are really, really building quite strongly at the moment. Um, they've been on quite a journey, obviously, since we last we last saw them, I think, two years ago in the autumn. We played a warm-up game against them. Um, and since then, they've just been, you know, really, really on a journey and getting so much better. So, I mean, it's quite, it's quite exciting to see from a rugby perspective, but it's also... Um, quite nerve-wracking as well because, you know, after the hits they've been putting on some of the Scottish girls, sorry, Chloe Rolly, um, I'm quite scared, you know, for the next time we have to <laughs> come up against them. <laughs> uh, very good. No, uh, fair play to South Africa. WXV3, let's uh, look back. Combination of the WXV3 out in Dubai, the seventh stadium, you remember, it was a straight shootout between Ireland and Spain. Uh, a little bit spice there in that game as well, of course, because uh, Spain uh, partly responsible for Ireland being knocked out of the World Cup for qualification. Um, but it was Ireland who got the job done. 15 points to 13. couple of yellows for Ireland. They were downtown nil, but rallied very, very well indeed. And one held over the line as well did Spain. A very, very impressive player. Uh, is a very, very good young player. One, two, to look out for as well. Um, but uh, turned it on in the second 40. Conceded nothing and scored 12 points with tries to Neve Jones and Grace Moore. Congratulations to Ireland. And again, not been been an easy couple of years, uh, but to, to lift a trophy and what have you feels like they're they're just beginning to rediscover their mojo, Sadio. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they're still definitely at the 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 start of their their journey in terms of you know finding their feet. But uh, I mean, it's great to see them get get some wins on the on the board and big wins at that. Um, I feel like for a team like them, they need that kind of confidence to to get them going and, you know, to do it in such a, um, 
uh, unique way, obviously, in, a, in the new tournament, WXP3, um, coming away being champions of that. I think, yeah, for them, this is a great, great building block. And I'm sure Scott Beeman will be, you know, beaming with joy <laughs> after after that 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 um start um end to the tournament so yeah i mean it's been really great for them and ladies and gentlemen she doesn't even script these <laughs> just, just off the bat you know ah uh, honestly it just it just comes to me it just comes to me naturally i'm not permanently uh how did kenya get on kenya can't be a lot there was loads on in that game wasn't there yeah so a lot going on in that game in Kenya wanted to turn around that World Cup loss in the qualifier last year. They came away with the win against Colombia, the score being 21-5, which means Colombia are now playing against Netherlands um, in the playoffs for WXV, with Kenya securing their place in WXV3. Yeah, and it could mean another European place, which, you know, it is what it is, but we could lose a a South American, any, any South American representation, which... Is not kind of really the the idea of WXV, is it? But uh, as we say, it's it's a first it's a first run out, and we'll, we will see where we get to. Uh, it was a bit of a washout in, in the other game. Uh, Fiji 118 18 tries in all, um, four from Attila Melinia. Uh, the toller of playing these kind of levels of games three weeks in a row. I, I just caught up with the Kazakhstans. They're they're, they're on vapor. Let's get you up to date. Uh, we've only a couple of bits of news from uh, uh, around the world. World Rugby have announced a new structure for the men's global season, uh, but they haven't forgot the women. Basically, the headline being for the women's Six Nations will now run uh, from the second week of April to mid-May, while WXV will run from 26 to 28. But there will be no WXV one in 2027 for potential Lions tour. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Possibly a, a, a tad too early, but hey, got to try these things. I'm never going to be a person who says, "Oh, let's not do that," because that's not what we've done before. So um, let's crack on. The adjustments uh, mean that the clear international release windows, uh, preferably not with them. Is on for six weeks uh, for regional and eight for global, coming in from 2026. Clarity for league competitions for planning, commitment to manage player load, and a framework to review the calendar on an ongoing basis. So all positive stuff, just joining stuff up. On the topic of very positive stuff, um, the RFP are in discussions with New Zealand about a standalone game between the Red Roses and the Black Ferns at Twickenham Stadium um, next year. And, I mean, if anything, if, if the last game, last standalone game, was anything to go by obviously England France in Twickenham record-breaking crowd um yeah it's very exciting to think what uh, England Black Ferns game at Twickenham could could um could be like oh stop it I'm too <laughs> excited for this time of the night um games like that speaking of England New Zealand let's jump ahead to this weekend the final round of WXV1 before we preview those three games let's look at the state of play um, England lead the way on the maximum 10 points. New Zealand on six, Canada and Australia on five, France on four, Wales yet to get up and running. Tell us about the fixtures then, Sadia. 
So in the final rounds of WXV, Australia take on Wales, six o'clock British time on Friday. And that'll be played on that'll be on ITV and, and S4C. On Saturday at 3 a.m., very, very early, I will not be awake. France will be taken on just Canada and that'll be a month past. <laughs> no, no more Halloween. <laughs> France will be playing Canada and that'll be on Rugby Pass TV. And then finally, England will be playing New Zealand, a rematch of the World Cup final at 6 a.m. British time, and that will be on ITVX2. Let's do it chronologically then, shall we? Uh, Australia Wales, off the back of a really good result for Australia, the biggest challenge for them is, is a mental one. Yeah, no, definitely. Wales, right? For very different reasons, obviously. Definitely. I mean, I think this game's going to be quite an interesting one. I think both teams still got quite a lot to prove. Australia, obviously, kind of off the back of a great win, but I mean, I mean, everyone was very surprised about about their win. So I think they're going to come back thinking, showing people actually we can do this week in, week out, and come away with with good wins. And obviously, Wales off the back of quite a hard loss. Um, they they are a good side. They are a good outfit, and you know we see it in Six Nations they do come away with good results and um, put good rugby out there. So I think it'll be a, t- uh, a game of two teams battling, battling it out to show what they can do. So I think yeah, that'll be a really really interesting matchup. I don't. I just. I. I, I don't. I don't understand. It's, uh, I, well, sixty-three point deficient uh, deficient point uh, off the black fence. Outside on paper. Yeah, it's a really, really good side. You know, really, uh, there's plenty of experience there. Um, you've got your, your superstars. Just a horrible back row to play against. It meant in the nicest possible way. Um, and, and they will be snarling, won't they, this week. Uh, the likes of Callender and Butchers uh, won't like uh, have taken that amount of chance against the Blackburn. So, yeah. Who's gonna win it? I'm gonna go with Australia. Um, taking right. taking the win. I think that they are they'll be on a roll. Um, I think as long as they train really well this week, and I'm sure they will be going into training. You know, focusing on, on finishing on the high, they'll be able to um, you know, come away with that win. I think. I think they're a really exciting side to watch, and I think they can. They're good at finding the space, and I think they'll do that quite well against against Wales. And like you said, I'm sure Wales, you know, especially their back row, Alex Callender probably has a shrine up of people she's coming after um in the in the Australian team. But um yeah, I'm sure um well I'm not sure. I am I'm putting my money on Australia coming away with the win this weekend. Sorry, thank you very much. We just lost all of our Welsh listeners. <laughs> and, um, I can't wait to watch Loughborough Lightning against Gloucester Heartbreak later on in the season. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're being honest, and uh, and we love you for it. France, uh, Fr- France Canada. Um, you'd say two very evenly matched teams. I think both been on a bit of different different journeys. Obviously, Canada come off back of three losses, but three still very strong performances um, from then from them. Um, three losses, I say different losses against <laughs> against Red Roses um, but still putting out great performances in WXV obviously their result against Wales was was um, a very positive result too and obviously France having 
yeah, um, going, yeah, one, what, what is the, one loss, one win for France in the WXP tournament. So, um, yeah, both teams, you know, on, on the same, on the same um, page in terms of that, but yeah, it'll be great to see two teams go ahead, head to head, obviously, I think Canada are number three, France number four in the world, if I'm right. Um, so yeah, always to see the top four teams. Great to see the top four teams going against each other. Um, so yeah, I think that will be a really good good match up too. You're getting away that early. Who's winning? What 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 nations listeners are we going to lose now? <laughs> I'm going to say France. I'm going to say France. Ooh, I wow. think um, I think they will be willing to prove a lot. So I'm going to say France. Yeah, France, France to, uh, to 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 bounce back then. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Johnny? I think Canada, because I think they're really good athletes. They they and they get better and better uh, the more time they have together because they don't have that time together. Um, you know, it's forty-seven hour flight from one side of Canada to the other. Um, so they, they just don't get that time time together, and I just I think naturally with all these teams, you know, in a in a World Cup, you know, ch- change change round as it were, um, and and France is still sort of beginning to find their find their feet with the with newer players. Um, we're up to uh, ten, uh, beginning just to yeah to, to find a, a feet, but um, no, I, th- I think they'll go they'll go strong in terms of selection, but no, I think uh, Canada will. Uh, Get the job done. So you're going France, I'm going Canada. 3 a.m. British Standard Time for that one, Rugby Pass TV. Uh, and then let's look at the big one. The rerun of the World Cup final. England, we have Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, ITVX for that one, 6 a.m., as we say, British Standard Time. Let's get into, um, you know, we touched on a, a bit of selection earlier on, didn't we? Where do England have to have to be better than they have been this WXV or indeed who were in the World Cup final? Oh, what a question. <laughs> I mean I mean the World Cup final is a it's a very different team to what to what it was um then, but I think that is a really hard question because I think there was a lot of things we've done so right <laughs> in the World Cup final, but I'm gonna say where we will need to be extra strong, um, if not better, when we play against New Zealand, will be definitely just defending the edges, defending you know their superstar players, defending that speed, um, because they can play from anywhere. We've seen it. We've seen them do it against us. We've seen them do it from everyone. They'll play from their five meter if they if they can see a little bit of space, um, a little over the top, you know, a little wonder pass um, in the hands of Ruby Tui. You know, it's it's dangerous. So. I think if, as long as we shut down those edges and we defend smart, uh, our forwards, you know, they love they love the collisions in the middle of the pitch. We will tackle anyone all day in in that in those fifteens. But I think where we need to be better is definitely defending on those edges. I think our attack will do the the work for us. But um, yeah, India, I think definitely we need to be a bit smart around there and you know closing that gate. Because when they get that midfield going. And DeMont gets the passes going, the little sort of six and wraparounds. 
Adiplessis fizzing out long passes to like to Paul and and, and Ruby Tui, really Holmes that coming up from. from is there another way to 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 do this and say well, actually don't give them the ball and to use a a well used phrase and probably an archaic one but to to pop the ball up the jumper and it, there was lots of complaints weren't there about the way that England approached the game at the World Cup I don't care I'm sure uh, Razi Erasmus doesn't give up doesn't really care about how how Springboks won the World Cup but they've just won the World Cup and you won't necessarily remember how they did it. You've got to play what's appropriate. Is there a temptation from England, do you think, to, to do that? Because they just are so strong. Not uh, like in Davis scoring tries for fun again. You know, we're quite comfortable with the ball in our hand and with it out of our hand as well. Um, I think there's always a bit of, um, you know, that could always happen where you think, oh, let's keep the ball, keep the ball if I jump. But if that space is there to kick, if, if it might be a better opportunity to, you know, go in behind, then, you know, England... Holly Aitchison, Meg Jones, Helena Rowland, Ellie Kildan will be the people to take that space. And I think we back we back them and also we back our game plan and our training. Um, so I think, I think yeah, it, it will always come down to the game. You know, maybe it becomes a really tight game and we think, well, we need to keep the ball here. But um, I think the way we want to play, um, you know, if that space is there to kick, if, if it's if we've been playing for too many phases, you know, this game of rugby is so so tiring <laughs> at this point and it's so so fast um so sometimes you know you do need to put the pressure back on to to the other side but yeah i think my guess is that we won't we won't go out with that game plan and you'll see a, pop, a lot of a lot of kicking a lot of um, ball out of hand because we want to put that pressure onto them but um if we can trap them down in in that half that'll be great but yeah it, it always will change depending on you know how they're playing and what the score is. Have you seen much uh, change? Really, I'm a little, it took like seven, ten days, but can, can you see a, a slight change, a, a John Mitchell influence? Uh, you've spoken to any of Bezzies in, in camp and uh, is it slightly slightly different with uh, with John Mitchell striding around? Um, I mean, I haven't, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the the change me personally but I have heard a lot from in camp um he's definitely his presence is being felt and he he likes to be quite involved with the players so he'll definitely walk around during training during a session and you know give tips here and there to to players or little things he needs to he thinks needs to change so he's definitely not um he's not coming and like taking a back step in 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 his coaching role and um you know a lot of the girls are receiving him very positively so you know, maybe we will see a lot more in this game against New Zealand, um, how he plans to, you know, um, affect our game plan. But a lot of it was done by him before he came in um, remotely, before he went into Japan. Obviously, he met with the coaches. So a lot of what you're seeing now has come from Mitch, um, just been put, put put to us through the other coaches. So, yeah, not, not too much of a change because um, we've already been practising his way um, or what he wanted um, to be put forward. So, yeah. He's going to love you as a player. I hope I so. I can't, <laughs> can't wait to get his hands on you. Oh, my word. My word. He's going to love that. Are, are you, what is it like? I mean, slightly different when you're not watching it live, of course. Um, it's on, when it's on, it's on, it's on catch up. But it's just <laughs> your heart. Oh, God, I wish I was in New Zealand. Or are you quite, well, I'm injured. I've compartmentalised that. I'll be back. It's, it's no problem. 
How do you how do you sit? Are you a watcher? I mean, I think my my I, I love watching rugby anyway. Like I like to watch the games from a just from a spectator point of view. But my main frustration is just not playing, not necessarily um, not being out in New Zealand or playing certain opposition. Or I don't sit there and think, oh, I would have made that tackle. And I would have been over that breakdown. But I do wish, oh, I wish I could crunch someone like someone else was crunching someone on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely probably compartmentalised it in terms of, like, I'm not playing right now. There's not much I can do. But it doesn't doesn't shake the feeling of I really want to be out there smashing someone. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough answer. See, Miss, miss Rugby, not necessarily, yeah. Oh, what, what a brilliant answer. But you just missed, missed the sport that... Uh you love and, and lucky enough to to play come on then with your head not your heart <laughs> who's gonna win even if my heart said something different i would have to say the roses. Well, my head says um red roses are going to come away with the win by how many it's gonna be gonna be tight tight or or do you think there may be a bit of daylight one way or the other well, towards the red roses yeah, I definitely think there'll be a bit of daylight. Um, I think it'll be a very close game, but I do think we will come away with it in the second half, um, towards the end of the second half. So I'm going by two tries, we will take the win. You're talking sort of 10, 10 to 14 difference? Yep. See how quickly I did my maths then? Press. <laughs> You had it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Red Rose is going to beat uh, the Batfords 10 plus points. My word. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I think I think the, the, the Roses will get it done. Um, and I like the expansion, the evolution uh, of the game that, that, that we're seeing. Um, and yeah, but it's going to be, well, geez, it's going to be one hell of a game. Uh, so just to remind you, those fixtures again from the combination of WXV1. These are all British Standard Time, 6M on Friday um, for the Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, uh, Australia versus Wales. Yes, I shouldn't have done it in a Polish accent. So anyway, uh, that's on ITVX and S4C on Saturday, 3 a.m. France versus Canada, Rugby Pass TV for that one. And then 6 a.m. England against New Zealand. I-T-B-X. That's about it for a, another week. We do have a few shout-outs this week, though, Sadia. Yes, we do. Um, first one going to Tyler Nathan Wong, being named World Rugby's Women's Sevens Player of the Year um, at the World Rugby Awards, um, just gone. I... Yeah, don't know when the rest of the awards are going to take place. I was looking on the Instagram thinking, oh, where are the rest of the women's awards but big shout out to Tyler Nathan Wong I think she's been ruling the seventh circuit for a long time now so it's been great to see her get that get her roses yeah I, I, outstanding awards um uh, the Opera House there in, in Paris very much looking forward to to invite to the women's at, at such a a swanky um venue looking forward to that because obviously everything's got to be um down the line 50 50 um so yeah we, we are promised that uh well, Rugby up doing a separate uh, awards for the women. They want the way to the end of WXV. That's what we're being told. But um, now I'm looking forward to the, the big black tie event uh, for the women's awards. Um, that's exactly what, what the men got. But uh, 
Tell Nathan Wong, well done you. Alana Thomas, friend of the pod. A huge congratulations. You probably should send this a few weeks ago, but her appointment is Fiji's Women's High Performance Manager. A bit of a whirlwind uh, to jump straight into WXV, but she'll be happy with that, uh, that thumping win over Kazakhstan uh, at the weekend. Uh, yeah, great way to finish off in Dubai. So well done you, Alana. Enjoy your time in Fiji. And Holly Myers, a rising star in the world of officiating and a new mum. She was away from her baby for two weeks, but kept up her milk supply and donated 5.6 litres to Milk Matters Milk Bank in Cape Town, which is a lot. It equates to 112 days of feeding a a premature baby. Um, Holly Myers was actually in and around the England camp doing some coaching, pre-W coaching, refing, pre-WXV, and brought a baby along with her. So, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, awesome. I, I love the girl, uh, her husband, Emerson. Um, but just to put it out there, I, I, I'm breaking down this to, to say, well, what, why can't you talk about these things? You can be a mum, do, do, do your passions, do your jobs, and, and also... Well, you're doing it, you know, you're donating and helping others. But just to put it out on social media, fair play to you, Holly, uh, and well done. Uh, yeah, really nice little good news story that. And finally, another good news story: Porter George, a vintage rose. Oh, hell of a player. Uh, and Joe Card. Uh, congratulations to them on the launch of their book, Our Game Matters, a book celebrating those women that have shaped the game. And of course. It includes two of her very own, James <laughs> Sunter and uh, Rachel Beveridge's. Um, so yeah, congratulations to uh, to Paula and to Joe. So it's been great fun again. Uh, good fun chatting to Kennedy Simon and to Was. 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 Anyway, you see, I was on the Tempest thing name today. Yeah, great to have your company again. A huge thank you to Tom and to Vicky. What are the plans for for this weekend? Are we, what are we popping over to uh, Milan for Friday night, and then down to Berlin, and then uh, across to somewhere else? <laughs> no, just popping back home, back home to London, see the see the family, and being up at six am on Saturday is my main plan be there. So, uh, good luck at the weekend. Enjoy London Town and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.